If you know me, you know I love high-quality clothes and occasionally a luxury item here or there, but I hate spending luxury prices, so I rarely buy anything really nice for myself. That was until I discovered Quince. They have so much good stuff for you guys. Quince offers a range of high-quality items at prices within reach. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50, washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part is that everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Love that. It's also really important to me that the clothes I wear are created in a safe environment. And Quince only works with factories that use ethical and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So obviously, I really love that. I bought a Mongolian cashmere sweater from Quince and no joke, I have worn it once a week, all fall and winter long. It's so soft, premium quality, and looks like I spent a fortune on it, but it was only 50 bucks. I've told all of my friends about Quint. I also love their men's line and have gotten some nice activewear and performance tees for Andrew that he loves. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eastham for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eastfam to get free shipping and a 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Eastfam. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. These next guests of ours are good friends, Shannon and Chase Willardson, who just became part of the Family Made Network. That's right. Can you believe we've only met them once in person? I no. feel like we know them. Yeah. I they feel like are I, our friends. Yes. I feel like I know everything about them. We vibe. We do. And we hope you listening will like them as well. This conversation was really fun. Exciting times for the Willardson family. Mm -hmm. They have three kids. Yes. Working on a fourth. Yes. But their story is nothing short of incredible. Their perspective is absolutely inspirational, I think. Mm -hmm. And we're just glad to know them. We're glad that uh, they have started their own show called Don't Judge, Just Love. Yep. You can find information on that down below. But they're going to unpack what their story is and how they've navigated through it mm -hmm. um, in so many different ways. But these two are really, really special. Uh, Chase and I, I don't know if you know this, we'll send like motivational quotes back and back and forth to each other. Videos or like books. That doesn't We're surprise bros. me. You guys are bros. We're yeah. Bros. When you first, they actually came out here and visited us. And as soon as I saw you and Chase together, I was like, you guys are almost the same human. Also, his laugh. Yeah. I mean, phenomenal. How can you not feel joy when you hear his laugh? Hello, man crush. I guess. <laughs> I do. Can we just play their trailer, though, for Please. their show right here? Hi, I'm Shannon. And I'm Chase. And this is Don't Judge, Just Love the podcast where we talk about all the things with no judgment. Only love. That's right. We have a podcast now, dudes, and we are so pumped about it. We cannot wait to connect with y'all in this way and dive deep into topics that we care about and that you care about. Uh, but before we jump in, we thought we'd do a little intro, a little intro. Take it away, Chase. <laughs> so Shannon and I have been married for 12 years. Best 12 years of Chase's life. Which is very true. Don't get it wrong. <laughs> we have three kids. So we have Jack, who's eight, Charlotte, who we call Charlie, who's six, and Ava, who is four. Good job remembering the kids' ages. <laughs> <laughs> Huge go. achievement. No, it's not. Big, we know our kids' things, ages and Big names. things happening already. I think we all know what it feels like to be judged, right? to be misjudged, to be misunderstood, to feel criticized. Um, 
and it sucks. <laughs> like <laughs> nobody likes, nobody likes to feel that. And I think the reality is that life is hard. You know, we're all going through our own version of hard, hard things. And the last thing any of us need is to have other people's judgment heaped on top of that. I agree. And, but as much as life is hard, it's also beautiful and beautiful things can come out of the hard. Absolutely. We've experienced that personally in our lives um, and creating, after creating content for what, over 10 years 10 plus years. It's been a hot minute. Um, I think the thing that I have seen the most need for is more grace, more kindness, uh, more unity, more support of each other in the things that make life hard. Ultimately, less judgment, more love. And that's why we wanted to create this podcast so that we could put that out into the world and discuss all the things, but with no judgment. So that was the impetus for us creating this podcast. Don't judge, just love. Every week we'll ask you to come as you are. Bring your most authentic self and join us in this judgment-free zone where we'll get vulnerable and we're going to be real. And we're also going to discuss all the things because the truth is life is hard, but life is also beautiful. So Shannon, where can we find this podcast? Thanks for asking, Chase. I'd love to <laughs> tell our listeners that. Y'all, you can tune in by subscribing to the Family Made Network and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, if you want to watch the podcast, you can do that as well by subscribing to the Family Made YouTube page. Um, and we would also love for you to connect with us directly through our social media channels. We are at Shannon Willardson on Instagram. Um, and TikTok, at Shannon Willardson on Instagram and TikTok, and then Willardson Family on YouTube. And we really hope you'll do that. We would love your feedback on the podcast. We'd love your ideas about future episodes. Um, easiest way to do that is probably through DM on Instagram, so mm -hmm. make sure you're following there. But we would love to hear your thoughts and ideas about what we can cover in future episodes, all the things. We're just so pumped you're here, and we're so excited to be doing this. So we hope that this can be a space where you feel seen and also safe. For sure. Um, where you feel like you can come as you are, have fun with us, laugh with us, get real with us, get vulnerable with us, talk through life's hard, through life's beautiful, and everything in between. And most importantly, with no judgment, only love. That's right. All that here at the Don't Judge, Just Love podcast. This is Don't Judge, Just Love, y'all. We'll see you soon. So there you go. And if you like it, you can listen to all of their episodes yes. with the link down below. Anyway, Chase, Shannon, thank you so much for joining us. We are glad to know you, and we hope you enjoy this one. Let's go ahead and roll into it. Chase, Shannon, good to see you again. Thank you for taking <laughs> yeah. time to redo this interview. It's good to see your faces. Yeah. Likewise. We're so happy to be here. Round two, baby. We're just pumped to be here again. <laughs> yeah. I said hopefully this one will be easier because like now I feel like I know you. Exactly. And when we first start doing interviews with people, it's always like that icebreaker phase. Yes. Now I'm like, oh, we're good. We're we good. can just jump right into it. Pretty much yeah. best. So here we go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So let's start at the beginning. How did you two meet? You want to take that one, Love at first sight. Uh, Shannon saw me. <laughs> wanted to propose oh, right there. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, no, we had a mutual friend. And um, he, he did actually introduce me. Uh, or introduced her saying, 
this girl is awesome. I think you should marry her. And I was like, okay, you know, let's, let's slow, let's slow down here for a second. I was like, why aren't you dating her? She's so amazing. And at the time he was dating the, the person that he married and had, has four kids with. And so I was like, okay, so you're dating this other girl that you're going to marry. So fantastic. Um, so we tried to go on a couple different blind dates, but yeah, kept, one like, time missing each other, Shandon go, couldn't go. I couldn't go the next time. Yeah. And then anyway, long story long, we met at college. We kept like missing each other. Finally, the stars aligned. We met, we randomly ran into each other in a computer lab. Chase got the cojones to ask me out and, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. So you have to rewind though for a second though, because so I, so at the college that we were going to, they have a place that's called the testing center where you take like 90% of your tests. So it's like a super stressful building. It's like one of the worst yeah. places on campus. And so I was yeah. walking to like, and I was retaking a class, did fantastic in the retake by the way, but, um, I was walking <laughs> and I, uh, I saw Shannon and I was like, Oh my gosh, I recognize her from somewhere because I'd Facebook stalked her. Um, and I, but I couldn't like put the two together for a second. I was like, Oh my gosh, you're, uh, we were supposed to go on a blind date together. And then Shannon was like, oh yeah. God. And I was so stressed that I was just like, well, see you later. And then I just walked away <laughs> like an idiot. And then so the next and time. And I'm thinking the- like, all right, if, if the dude doesn't ask you out in that moment, like, He's yeah. Not interested. Like perfect setup. Yeah. Right? Wow. And it's just like, well, see you later. <laughs> so then the yeah, we were supposed left. to go on a date, right? Oh, yeah. Never mind. Yeah, we're good. good. But have a good day. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like you saw her in person. Yeah. So in the computer lab, I did have a phrase that she thought that I like. It was like a total line. Yeah, but line. no. So we had some small talk because I'd walked out of doing a, a project with this. It was a group project, and there was this girl that was standing next to me. And I wanted her to leave. So I was kind of like, go away. And she just didn't get the social cues. And so she just stood there. And I was like, I can't ask Shannon out in front of this other girl. Um, anyway, uh. so I walked away. And then I walked back after we'd had small talk. And I was like, look, I never do this, which I don't. And, and uh, I said, are you dating anyone? She's like, no. And I was like, would you let me take you out? She's like, yeah. It's like, okay. Wham, bam. Wow. Wham, bam, just like that. <laughs> Done deal. And then how long after dating did you propose? Gosh, a, long, a really long time. No, um, I think it was like a couple months. <laughs> it was it was a oh month and a half before I proposed. So wow. it was a month and a half proposed and then we got married. It was five months. So from our first date to our wedding day, five months. Did you yeah. feel like that was that felt natural? I mean, I hope none of my children try to pull a stunt like that. <laughs> a stunt. <laughs> what was bad. the urgency for you guys? I think like it wasn't so much that we, it wasn't necessarily an urgency more than I, I would describe it as like, we had both dated a lot of people that by that point and. You dated a lot of people? Just. Wow. <laughs> wow. All of this is coming out now. Oh, this is going to get weird. Um. No, and it was totally one of those, like, I mean, to be cliche, when you know, you know, situations, yeah. like, it just felt so clearly different with Chase very early on, um, and th- and so things just, you know, progressed really quickly. How did it feel different with Chase? Like, everything. I, I mean, for one, he was the type of person that I knew I really wanted to be with you know he was kind his temperament his values and 
he kind of checked all these boxes, so to speak, of the type of person that I wanted to marry. Um, but then also, and I don't know, this might be hard for me to describe, but with Chase, I felt like there was this undercurrent of like, I, I, the only word that comes to mind is peace. Like there's just this undercurrent mm -hmm. of peace as we mm -hmm. were dating, like it just felt good and it felt different. And even though, you know, the, the idea of getting married, like that's such a huge decision. So I think it's really normal to feel really nervous about it. Um, but even though in those moments where I was like, Oh, like underneath all of that, it's just, it was still that peace. It wasn't unsettling, just felt good. Wow. Yeah. Well I, said, Shannon. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say, I had a conversation with someone the other day who described it as a similar situation, like had dated people before and met their husband and said, my soul felt safe for the first time. Like there yeah. was like, not in a dramatic way, but it was just like, like you said, at, at peace. Yeah. I There's like just that. this. Yeah. Totally. And Chase, since you had apparently, you know, been dating so many people, <laughs> <laughs> what was it like when you met Shannon? So, yeah, and, honey, what was that like? Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I actually, um, I think it's important to be able to contrast. So again, we kind of joke about dating a lot of people, but I do think it's important that you, you date, you know, different types of people. And at the time when we first started dating, we both were taking, we were going out with different people. But then I very quickly realized, you know, after three dates, because I, you know, I'd gone on three dates with Shannon and, and then with this other girl. And she was a, she was a very nice girl, the other girl. But I was like, while I was with her, I was thinking about Shannon. And mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, so, <laughs> so I don't want to take out anybody else. You know, it's like, you can, mm -hmm. you can see yourself, you know, marrying a lot of different types of people, but she's the type mm -hmm. of person that I didn't want to live life without, you know? Uh, oh, Jeez. Wisdom. <laughs> this wow. is okay. romantic <laughs> wisdom. Right I there. actually love that because we always talk about the one, the cliche one. And how we don't necessarily believe in it, because I think with marriage, you can marry a ton of different people and make it work. Totally. But I do believe, like you said, that there's going to be one person where you're like, I, I want to make this work. This is the sure. person I, I could see myself with. So 100%. I like that. That's kind of how wow. we viewed it too. Like my philosophy was always like, almost like a good, better, best <laughs> principle. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's probably, like you said, Sean, a lot of people you can make it work with, but there's got to be people that it would go better with and then kind of like people it would be best with. And yeah. I'll be honest, I used to, when I was in the dating phase of my life, I would pray and tell God, like, please align my path with one of my best matches, like someone who would mm -hmm. be in that best category. Because, um, yeah, that's that's what I wanted. That's what I got. I love it. Uh, okay. So describe the first, describe the pre-kids phase of your marriage. Mm -hmm. What was that like with you, with you guys? And how long was that? Yeah. So we waited a little longer to have kids. So once we got married very quickly, we knew like, all right, let's just, you know, let's just enjoy being married now for a while before we had kids. So we waited three years before we started um, trying to get pregnant. Um, and I don't know the word that comes to mind when I think of how to describe it was, it's just fun. It was a fun time. We, we were finishing college. We were both working. We're kind of broke and, but it didn't really matter. You know, we were just, yeah. 
figuring it all out and getting to know each other better and figuring the marriage thing out. And it was just fun. Would you agree, Chase? Chase's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, Chase's like, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. And because our, our, you know, pre-marriage um, period of time was so short, I think that we wanted to have that time to really just get to know each other because once you have kids, it's like your focus is taken, you know, to yeah. the kids as well. And so we wanted to make sure that we were, you know, creating a, a marriage and a relationship that had a great foundation foundation, you know, before before having kids. But again, I think I was I was like uh, I think right after we married we got married, I was like, let's have kids right away. And I think Shannon, you know, we obviously wanted to have kids, but I think we we realized, okay, let's Let's get to know each other a little we were bit. Married like six months, and Chase was <laughs> like, "So you ready?" Yeah, you said Sh- Sh- Shannon phrased it that they waited quite a while, or yeah. or, or, or like quite some time. Yeah, three years. I don't feel like at least yeah. in like our region is not. That's we're around people who wait 10, 15, like 30, 20 five, years. So. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, it's interesting how, how there's like stigmas. Wait? I'm curious. Similar to you. So three, three years, which I feel like was quick. Uh, yeah. I feel like it was quick, but I, yeah. I do think too, like you said, there's a, there's something really special to after you get married, you should have that time for just you two. For sure. Because kids can like put a wedge in your marriage very easily. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, it's, it, you don't get to focus so much on your spouse anymore. So you better build a really strong foundation so that when kids come, that little, that little wedge, um, <laughs> yeah, that little person, um, makes your marriage stronger. So exactly. I think yeah, three years is totally, like fast. Yeah. Yeah. Like minimum three years, minimum. Yeah. No, it's true. Cause it just totally changes the dynamic, you know? And so to make sure that, you know, to your point about having a strong foundation. Yeah. We were no regrets about doing that for sure. Yeah. So you guys have three kids now. So now we have three kids. Yeah. Um, give us their names and ages. Yeah. Go ahead. So Jack is eight. Just That's turned eight, eight two yeah. weeks ago. <clears throat> Charlotte, we call her Charlie, is six. She's yeah, six. six. That's crazy. That's crazy. And then Ava <laughs> is three. Oh. So three years after you get married, you try. You guys decide that, like, it's time. Mm-hmm. And did you get pregnant i this is probably a personal question did you get pregnant um easy is, is that the right word easy, yeah with jack no, that's, yeah that's okay to ask yeah um <sighs> yes we did so it all happened and with honestly with all three pregnancies it was it was quick it was pretty quick um ava actually was a surprise pregnancy while on contraceptives if i'm allowed to be that honest so um wow <laughs> oh, no. so, that's scary <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so all of our pregnancies were, you know, pretty quick and pretty easy, for lack of a better word. So describe to us the transition of pre-kids marriage to post-Jack marriage. How did how did baby one go for you guys as far as the dynamic within your relationship and then just being new parents? I think it was exciting. I mean, I think there's that like, I, I I can't think of the right word either, but like almost like the honeymoon phase of having a child, like where you're excited to get up and then you're not getting enough sleep, which, you know, <laughs> yeah. depending like on how your kids sleep. Um, yeah. 
that's <laughs> but uh but no i think we were really excited and we um so for my side of the family it was the first grandkid so it was really cool my parents to see them as grandparents and it was just and we lived really close to them and so we did a lot of fun things with them and created some great you know great memories with jack and yeah i, I thought it was fun but to keep it real it was also you know i think there's a lot to navigate with um uh, just coming together on how, what your dynamic is going to be as parents, you know, where you're both parenting now. So true. Um, I think we had a lot of growth in like learning to be unselfish and, you know, kind of like we're tag teaming this. We're not taking tabs on who's doing what, like we're just tackling this together at all times, you know? So hard. Um, yeah. And kids like they will, man, they'll teach you how to do that. Like nothing else will, nothing will make you force you to be unselfish. Like having kids will. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, we had a lot of growth there. Um, you know, and then just candidly, I feel like as a mom going through that whole, um, like the newborn phase and the postpartum phase, that was a whole thing for me at least too. Hopefully Chase didn't notice it that much, but I remember feeling like it took a while to feel like I was back to what was feeling like myself again, you know? And so learn like being able to function in my marriage and also as a mom while dealing with all that hormonal junk, that's just mm-hmm. like a part of having babies. Like that was a new thing to navigate to. So. I also think just like from a scheduling standpoint, like, <clears throat> you know, we go like spontaneity was, was something that we enjoy. We're like, Oh, let's go and see a movie or let's go to, this restaurant, let's go and do this or that. And it's just all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, is this going to interrupt his nap? Or like, yeah. like, so all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. That's, like, that's not really or like, are anymore. the grandparents available to watch the baby right now? You know, <laughs> yeah. or like, so there's just a lot of things that you start to realize, like you start to yeah. be even, hopefully you, you, you try to be a little bit more selfless, you know, even with your time. Yeah, it's, yeah exactly. We did that uh, tour at the end of January and there was a couple that came up to us and we did this episode on like our yearly goals and kind of like milestones we're trying to hit and, and things and events we're trying to do. And it's like pretty structured out. There's a lot on there and we're pretty like rigid as far as keeping track of it. And they, they came up to us and they're like, we love that mentality of like really being dialed in and focused. But, but uh, do you feel like you lose the spontaneity part of life? Mm-hmm. And I, I had to take a step back and just almost chuckled to myself where it's like w- with two kids, there's not, there's n- you're on a routine, dude. There's you're none. dialed in yeah. literally. Like I could tell you, we lost that a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. We just embraced it. Yeah. But it's fun. Cause I, I was thinking the other day about how, uh, lucky I feel to have been married before having kids, because I feel like there is kind of this preparation that you go through talking about the selfishness and the perspective that, Oh, it's not all about me because with marriage, you get a taste of that. And like with the scheduling, it's now not just Andrew, you know, packing a bag and flying across the country whenever he wants to, it's, Oh, I got to talk to my wife and figure the logistics out. And then with a kid, it's like, Boom, mm-hmm. even more so. So I feel like yeah. it's like the, you know, the, the you can't just up and leave now. Yeah. Anyway, describe each of your kids uh, in one word. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Loaded question. Um, 
to pick one word for Jack. <laughs> that is challenging. I feel like games. Like he loves like sports and he wants everything nice. to kind of be a game. Love that. Yeah. I don't think you agree with that <laughs> <laughs> that word though. <laughs> Do you have a better one? I everything. That's what's coming to my mind with Jack. He's just like he's just all the things. He's he's got he's so um he's got so much personality and it just comes out in so many yeah. ways. That's awesome. <laughs> um Charlie, it's a good word for char char. Char char. Yeah. Bouncy. Um, Love it. Sunshine. I, I thought of sun, sun, sunshine. Happiness. Yeah. Mm. Charlie is just like always that little ray of sunshine, just always mm. up. She's wow. Best. Um, and little Ava. <laughs> <laughs> I think of nicknames we call her, but that's not the right <laughs> one. Um, um, I don't know, like snow, like yeah. Ava's like when she wants you, she wants you, and when she doesn't, she'll let you know. She, uh, <laughs> she's particular. Knows what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes she wants to snuggle. Sometimes she's like, sometimes just leave me alone. I want to be in the room, but don't yeah. touch me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That is the best. Yeah. So going down even further into your like marriage journey, so you have Jack, and then I'm gonna guess because Jack and Charlie are two years apart, so mm-hmm. you got pregnant. Yeah. About a year after Jack? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Good math, babe. Thanks. Good job. Two <laughs> minus nine months. Um, <laughs> so walk us through Charlie's pregnancy and Charlie's birth and how you guys came across um, Charlie's kind of like medical complexity. Yeah. Um, so totally normal pregnancy, nothing in utero that pointed to any health problems at all. Um had a, you know, smooth delivery by all accounts. And it wasn't until she was about four months old that we started, you know, things started happening that pointed to like, okay, maybe there's something wrong here. She, she had started losing weight. Um, and leading up to that point, she was really, really fussy. Like Mm -hmm. that was one thing she was super, super fussy. Um, and we had had like Chase's parents, I remember at one point had kind of taken us aside and been like, I don't know if this is like this level of fussy seems normal. But again, we only had one kid. Jack, to be honest, was a little bit of a colicky kid too. And so we didn't necessarily know early on that, that, you know, that there was something wrong. Um, but we went in for her four month, you know, routine checkup appointment with a pediatrician and she had lost some weight. So that was kind of the the catalyst for looking into all these things. And then she had, she started having um, what are called infantile spasms, which are seizures that happen in infants. Um, And even those are, they can be hard to detect because they don't look like, like when you think of a seizure, they don't look like a typical, how you would think of a seizure with like convulsions and and things. It's this really kind of subtle, sudden movement. It almost looks like a startle reflex Mm -hmm. in babies. but at that point we had had her in speech therapy for the weight issue and the speech therapist was the one who, um, you know, I described what I was seeing and she mentioned like, I don't want to scare you, but just so you know what you're describing, it sounds a little bit like what are called infantile spasms. Just keep an eye on it. Anyway, long story long. Um, we ended up going, we started Googling and researching, got really freaked out, went to the ER, 
you know, started running a bunch of tests and sure enough, she was having these infantile spasms. Um, infantile spasms tend to be like a symptom or a presentation for something bigger. It's not necessarily a diagnosis in and of itself. And so that's when they connected us with the neurologist and, and what ensued was like months and months of tests to try to rule out what this, what might be causing these seizures. Um, and it was, Charlie was almost a year old before we actually got the diagnosis through this, what's called a whole exome genetic sequencing test. It's this really robust test where they deep dive into the genome and they take DNA from mom and dad and from baby and, and kind of go into the genome and, you know, test different areas. Um, and that's how we became aware that Chase and I are both carriers of this really random, rare genetic mutation, um, and it's recessive. So he and I both only have one copy of this mutation, but Charlie happened to inherit both of our mutated copies of this gene, which resulted in her having this disease. It's called CDG, stands for congenital disorder of glycosylation, nice little mouthful. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how that all went down. And then if you don't mind, I know this is like a mouthful to go through, but could yeah, you no. explain what CDG actually does for Charlie? Yeah. So CDG, um, it's a, I think the metabolic easiest, disease. yeah, it's a metabolic disorder and the easiest way to describe it, I think is it's a dysfunction in the process of what's called glycosylation, which is like how, um, proteins and sugars attach each other in the body. I'm sure I'm botching this because I'm <laughs> not a medical professional, um, but it's like a really basic function in the body. And because there's a dysfunction for her and how her body's doing that, it affects every like part of her cellular body. level. Like it yeah. affects all the cells in the body. Yeah. So it's a multi-organ, you know, it has effects on, yeah, basically every system of her body. Um, so for her, it's presented in global developmental delays. Um, she's non-ambulatory, means she doesn't walk. Um, she's nonverbal, so she's not talking. Um, she has really low tone, which means she's just kind of floppy, which doesn't have good muscle tone. Um, cognitively, she, you know, she's six, but they'd probably put her, I don't know. We had a physical therapist over recently who said, I'd say between maybe five and eight months cognitively. I mean, it's hard to assess that, but somewhere around there. So it affects motor skills. It affects eating. Our girls are a hundred percent G tube fed, so they don't eat anything by mouth. Um, so yeah, kind of everything. You know, whenever I look at pictures of our kids from the past year, I'm amazed at how fast they're growing up. Oh my gosh, me too. And we've been doing a deep dive into old photos lately. Sometimes the thought hits me hard that I'm getting older too. And this has led me to think a lot about the legacy I want to leave behind, what kind of parent I want to be, and things like our family's financial security. We've been talking a lot about this recently and are excited to share that Fabric by Gerber Life makes it simple to get the protection that's right for your family. Life insurance doesn't have to be some big confusing topic. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. 10 minutes is crazy fast. Plus it's all online and on your schedule. No appointments, scheduling, or piles of paperwork. Just apply when it's convenient for you. 
This is the first company I've heard of where you can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required, and they have a 30-day money-back guarantee. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash eastfam. That's meetfabric.com slash eastfam. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash eastfam. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. We'll also link it down below, and let's get back to it. Sean, I got a question for you. Okay. What is it? On a scale from chug to sip, <laughs> how would you rate your hydration style? Um, interesting question. I would say I'm a sip girl. I sip on my coffee for literally hours and sip on water throughout the day. What about you? I would say I'm a chug type of guy, yeah. no doubt. But whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone. I actually really love liquid IV, especially since nursing bear. I feel like I'm always thirsty. I like that it's sugar-free and it's fun to sip on throughout the day. The flavors are really good, and I've loved having a flavored drink rather than just water in my cup. My favorite flavor is the lemon-lime, and Sean loves strawberry and tropical punch. It's crazy to me that one stick in 16 ounces of water has three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks and eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. Yes, sir. That's why they say it hydrates better than water alone. However you hydrate, grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code EASTFAM at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code EASTFAM at liquidiv.com. How many people in the world have CDG? Um, so CDG has... A whole bunch of different types. There's over 150 different types of CDG. Our girls type, um, there's like less than 20 in the entire world ever who have been diagnosed with it. Ever. Ever. Yeah. And so Charlie has this specific diagnosis, but then you have Ava several years later who also has this type of CDG. Same thing. Yeah. Wow. Because again, since it's genetic, exact same thing happened. And like I said, Ava was a surprise. Like once we found out that we <clears throat> carried this genetic mutation, we knew that, okay, having babies, the, you know, the normal way is off the table now. But then along came Ava very unexpectedly and she happened to have it as well, which is, it's one of those like, all right, Jesus, take the wheel moments. Like. This was meant to be. There's no other explanation for it. So probably hard question, but with Jack not having CDG and then having Charlie and then having Ava, your love for your child doesn't change. That's a given. That's just something God puts in your heart, which is the most beautiful thing in the world. But for sure. when it comes to finding answers for Charlie and Ava for their diagnosis, diagnoses, Sounds right. That's one of those, I don't know. Um, and just kind of their way of life and how you operate as a family now and all of their, like, the needs that they have versus Jack. Did that complexity within your marriage and within your parenting ever um, challenge you guys to kind of figure out how, how to balance both? Because I can only imagine with Charlie and Ava, their needs are probably more consuming than than Jack. So that, that yeah. difference and balance within your family, does it, does it ever pull tension with you guys? Yeah, no, I think, um, 
That's a great question. And I think the the answer is yes. You know, I think that there there definitely is a, a different type of tension. I mean, I think just having more than one kid, mm -hmm. you know, I think of the analogy yeah. of like having a kid is like a slice of pie and you love pie, but then you just add another slice and <laughs> yeah. it's just more pie. You yeah. know? And so, um, it, you know, uh, I think with our girls, yes, there's a lot of attention that they need um, from a care perspective. Um, but then at the same time, we don't have to like worry about having like locks on our drawers or them mm -hmm. getting into something, you know, so mm -hmm. there are other things that we don't have to worry about that, that other parents are having to work, worry about with small toddlers or, or children. Yeah, I'm interesting because it's, it's just different. Like the concerns with Jack and Charlie and Ava are just really different. Um, obviously most of the concerns with Charlie and Ava, they're all, they're primarily medical, right? Which can be really, really intense and really consuming. Um, but when they're, when medically things are stable for them, in a lot of ways, they're really easy. I mean, I'll have moments where I'm like, with, you know, sitting there with the girls and I'm like, you guys are never going to lie to me, Yeah, you know, or I'm like, you're always going to be nice to me. Like, and it's kind of nice in that regard, because mm -hmm. it's true. It's like, it's just, it's so different. And the dynamic is really different. Whereas with Jack, I, I know for me, again, just speaking really candidly, I totally feel this, you know, he's the one who's going to have to like function mm -hmm. in the world. And, um, you know, I, I sometimes feel like way more pressure with mm -hmm. him to make sure that we're parenting him in the best possible way, because he's the one who's going to be out there, you know, having to survive, so to speak. And, um, and I, and I think the added layer of, you know, to your point of making sure that he always feels seen and, and doesn't have memories of, you know, being eclipsed by his medically complex sisters. That's always been really, really important to us. But it's not like they, you know, hand you a handbook when you have mm -hmm. special needs kids and say, here's how to, you know, make this work with your typically developing kid. And here's how to, like, here's how you parent in this situation. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody tells you how to do that. And so there's a, for me, there's some stress in, like, navigating that and trying to figure that out. Um, and I think that comes with parenting in general, because there's no parenting handbook, period, right? Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, let me just say, this is what I love so much about what you guys do. And you've been generous uh, with the content that you've created and shared in your experience. And I think that the more you guys share just mm -hmm. with your communication style and with how thought out you are and with your experiences, I, I think the better the world mm -hmm. is because of other people going through maybe not the exact same thing, but similar situations. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool to see that I'm sure it's so difficult to share some of the things that you go through, but to think of the the good that it does is uh is amazing. So well, it makes a lot of people a lot of people. I I can I remember back to our last interview, <laughs> um, R.I.P. Um, <laughs> when you were saying when you guys got Charlie's diagnosis, you felt less isolated in the world because you knew exactly what to Google yes. or what who else to reach out to or those 19 other families you felt like you had a community what you guys are giving to the world as far as like a community is is i mean priceless it's truly it's giving people an outlet to to connect to um i want to go back to something you said about postpartum if you don't mind um so with 
Charlie's diagnosis, you were four months post four months postpartum. With mm-hmm. Ava, when did you get her diagnosis? So Ava was in utero. She w- I was thirteen weeks pregnant when I when we found out with Ava. So she had CDG. Kind of a double part because it's two different girls. Um, postpartum, no matter the child, is is difficult. I remember with Andrew, mm-hmm. similar to what you were saying. I really struggled vocalizing to him how I almost didn't feel like a human because I felt like I was being just pulled in this direction of mom. I no longer felt like wife because you're just hormonal and there's a lot. I There was no room for that. And I just didn't, I felt like I lost my identity for a while. And that, that same thing you said of it took a while to feel like me. So now with Charlie's diagnosis with postpartum, you throw in medical complexities I'm curious how that affected postpartum for you, just kind of processing life as being different. And then with Ava, you had to deal with that even earlier. So you had more medical complexities that you knew were coming. Did that, did that affect you as mom? Which, because our hearts are already torn a million ways as mama. So with Ava... I'm just going to be so honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we found out with Ava that she also had CBG, I'm not going to lie. I was like beside myself. Mm-hmm. I was so devastated. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some ways I was really grateful that we were able to get her diagnosis early on in my pregnancy because it gave me the rest of my pregnancy to like get to a place emotionally where I was okay with that. Um, I will say this, this shouldn't have come as a surprise, but it kind of did somehow. Once we had Ava and she was like in my arms, it was so much easier because now it was like, you know, that feeling when you, just how you feel about your babies. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Sean, it is this gift from God. It's like, you don't have to try to love them. Mm -hmm. It's just there. Um, And so once she was here, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, it made it so much easier because now we were connecting with her and feeling all that love. Um, and it felt like, okay, this is, this is going to be great. It's going to be okay. Not to say that we didn't still have those moments of, you know, or things to process. Um, but it, it became easier once she was here. I would say. Chase, take me back to that moment when, uh, as Shannon said, she was at this point of devastation. What would you, say to yourselves in that moment or like to another couple who is at that point where they have, again, it's, it's hard to almost talk about because as you say, you wouldn't, you wouldn't change it. And it's, it's like, it's amazing. Right. And, but I guess the closest way I can put it is there's, there's a thousand new things that you're walking into as a, as a parent of any new child and uh, medical complexity is like another thing layered on top Mm -hmm. of that. But what would you, say to someone in that position now, Chase? So there's this, uh, this line that, <clears throat> that I said to Shannon a couple of times that, you know, um, that life is going to be even better than we expect, you know, mm-hmm. for ourselves. And so I think that, mm-hmm. <clears throat> <laughs> I think for us, it was just like, you, you don't know, um, there's a lot of unknowns, but you just know that it's going to be even better than you could have designed for yourself. And it's, it's hard to grasp that in the moment, 
but I think we'd gone through some other things as well. Like my, my dad passed away two weeks before we got Charlie's diagnosis, like totally unexpectedly. And then I had a health scare, you know, that same year. And so it kind of felt like, you know, when's the, when's the, when's the other shoe going to drop? And so I think there was just like a, I felt like a lifetime of experiences that kind of happened in a very short short period of time. And so it forced us to mature really quickly and to just recognize that like, Hey, um, there what's in our control and what's not. And let's just make the best with everything that we've been given. And Chase did, he said that to me a lot through that period. Like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be better than okay. And something about that was just, it totally was what I needed to hear. Um, but also, like, to your point, Andrew, I, like, that's why I like to be really open and honest about the full range of emotions that we've gone through the, through this whole thing. Um, because I think that's what I hope you know, when people find our account um, and hear our story that I hope it'll make people feel less alone and, and feel like it is going to be okay. You know, because I, we know firsthand and me, me, especially that feeling when you're finding out that your child's going to have health problems or that things are just going to be different than what you had pictured. Um, and all the emotions that, that come with that, um, and to be able to see an example of a family that had been there and is now in a place where they wouldn't change things and they're living a full life and they are at peace. I mean, I just, that's what we want is for people to know that it is going to be okay and that they're not alone. Wow. How do you prioritize you guys now? How do you keep your marriage at the forefront of kiddos because it's hard. Yeah. Well, I'm at the forefront of kiddos career, you know, like you're, I mean, there's, there's so much competing for our time. Right. Mm. Um, I think (laughs) (laughs) they're like, uh, are we, are we doing that? No, I think you know, I think we, it's, it's date night, I think is, is an important thing that we do. And then I think, um, for work right now I'm, I'm traveling. And so, um, what's awesome is that Shane's been able to kind of travel with me. And so that'll give us some time That's to awesome. kind of just spend with each other, but we, which is a blessing because, and I don't know, I want to acknowledge the fact that we have a really great support system and we have that ability to leave together and leave the kids with people that we really trust. I know that not everyone is in that situation, especially with, with special needs kids. Um, you know, and I like to be uh, like acknowledge that because that can be a really hard scenario to navigate as well. I'll have families reach out and say, uh, yeah, I'd love to go out with my husband, but who's going to watch my medically complex kid that I really don't trust with anyone, you know? Um so, yeah, and, and I love that point because it makes me think of, like, other, like, really small things that, right. you know, for example, like, working out <laughs> and just scheduling our workouts, like, so we both are able to get the workout. So it's like, hey, you might be, ta- you know, putting the kids to bed tonight so I can work out or I'm going to get up earlier um, or, like, she would take a girl's trip or I would take a guy's, you know, like a guy's trip with, with my brothers or with friends. Um, and so I think we, we still try to schedule in those things and and get some time for 
for yourself and then for us so that, you know, we felt like it was more manageable. Well, and to your point about things that feel simple, like one thing that I feel like Chase and I have always, that has come naturally in our marriage is we just talk to each other a lot. You know, we, he's like my favorite person to talk to. I hope I can say, <laughs> even say the same. I I of course. <laughs> um, and so he's like the first person that I want to, you know, tell things to. We usually spend time every day. And again, it just happens pretty organically, like talking about our day and telling each other what's been going on. Um, and I think that has been really, really important because it's kept our connection strong, even in the periods where like, it's hard to go on a date night every night. Like frankly, during COVID, we used to actually be really good about a date night and then COVID happened and that went away, right? And I don't know that we've necessarily like gotten back in that routine, we kind of haven't. Um, and so I think like finding those simple things that allow you to connect, even when life feels super crazy and you can't necessarily do the bigger stuff like going on a date every night or whatever, or every week. Um, I think that's really important. You had said every night for like a couple of times. No, and she I was said like, every night. Wow. So I wish we were going to. I meant every night. Wow. I, I wish we were going to every night. Uh, it was once, no, it was once <laughs> yeah. a week. Um, and probably once a week or once every other week, you know, I think was what like kind of pre-COVID and then and then COVID happened. And yeah. And then it was like, oh, when's the last yeah. time we went on a date? It's like, oh, it's been a long time. So, so. You talked about the strategy with making your marriage a focus and Shannon, you alluded to uh, Jack not being eclipsed by the medical complexities. What are your strategies or uh, what's your approach there? Yeah. Um, so we decided a while ago, actually, that we were going to do, we call them Jack nights. Um, so at least once a month we do a Jack night where it's just us and him. So far, it's been both me and Chase and him. Um, I think sometime we'll try, you know, just like him and him and Chase, me and him. Um, but we go out with just him. We do something that feels special. Like one time we um, we went and stayed. We did a little staycation and stayed in a hotel, went to dinner, stayed up late watching movies with him and slept in a hotel, you know, just like, I don't know, five minutes up the I'm road from our house. That's awesome. But it just... <laughs> but it was fun and it I think it did make him feel really you know just like all the attention mm -hmm. was on him one of our most recent IVF cycles we um, surprised him in last minute before we were going to go we had him come with us so he flew back to California with us we stayed in the hotel that time as well and it was just us and him and we just got to hang out and that was so fun um, we've done simpler things. We went to a, we've done drive-in movies. We've done, you know, went skiing, you know, yeah. Chasing him went skiing. Um, so just things like that, but the individual time and where it feels, you know, we talk about it intentionally and say like, it's Jack night. We want to spend time with just you, buddy. Let's go. I do love it. that. I've actually had that thought yeah. even just with kids in general, like now that we have yeah, two, for sure. I feel like it's very easily it's very easy to generalize your kids as like, oh, kids, like I, you just handle right. them as like the like the bulk. Um, but mm -hmm. I've even had that thought with both of ours of saying like once a month, once a week, it's going to be Drew's night. Drew can go with Andrew or whatever. 
but really trying to have that right. specialized time for each kid to know that like we see them individually yeah. and not just as as the bulk. So absolutely. So you you alluded yes. to IVF. Are you in your fifth round now of IVF or fifth attempt? So we we just completed our sixth oh, man. cycle. Six, wow. number six. Yeah, I think our rest in peace episode, we were in the middle of cycle yeah. five and we snuck one in in between. And <laughs> so, how is that going for you guys? So um, we actually finally got some really good news um, that we'll share with you guys. So cycle five failed, meaning we got zero healthy embryos and we were super bummed about it because we'd had all of our highest numbers, like highest egg count, highest um, fertilized, like it seemed like it was gonna go really well. And then at the end, we got nothing and we were super bummed about it. We decided to do one more round, cycle six, all of our numbers were like some of the lowest they've ever been. <laughs> like lowest egg count, lowest, yeah, everything. Um, but we actually ended up getting two more Oh, let's go. I know. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, just because yeah. I would love to understand the IVF process um, yeah. more. A friend of ours used the same verbiage and I, I never asked, but as far as like healthy embryos go, what are they testing for? Like literally everything? Yeah. So they're, have, they're testing for um, a slew of things that you're, that you generally test for like you know, how you do yeah. the genetic testing um, just in a normal pregnancy. They do all of that. But then in our case, because we know exactly what our genetic mutation is, they created, it's called like um, a primer. It's a test where they can go in and identify that specific gene and make sure that the embryo doesn't carry um, the gene mutation. Interesting. Have. Um, which would not have been possible if we didn't actually have our diagnosis, you know, so to your earlier point about so many things become available once you actually have your diagnosis, that's one of them. Like there wouldn't have really been a big point in doing mm -hmm. IVF for us yeah. if we didn't have. So then diagnosis. if you don't mind me asking within each round of IVF, yeah. were multiple embryos coming back with that ge same genetic mutation? Yeah. So either that, it was either they, they would have CDG or they would have something else like chromosomal abnormalities. Um, yeah, I mean, I will tell you, nothing has made me appreciate what an absolute miracle it is that people have yeah. children just <laughs> naturally than doing IVF because suddenly it's like opening the hood of a car and you see how the whole thing works and you realize like how much has to go right in order for... <laughs> A healthy child to come out the other end, so to speak. Um, it's crazy. I mean, that is nothing short of a miracle. So then yeah. now you guys have how many healthy embryos going into the next step is fertilization? I, I don't know, actually. Okay. Transfer fertilization. I, I'm just okay. yeah. <laughs> 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 wow. Um, That's awesome. Wow. We have, we have four now. Dang. So are you guys at a stage where you're thinking about like it's time for transfer? Or are you just wanting the opportunity and option for when the day comes? Um, no, so we totally have a plan. <laughs> we're um, we're going to take a little break and just, I, I, for me, I feel like I just need a little break 
to feel normal again physically for my body to just kind of recover because you know we did IVF pretty much like back to back to back cycles for like over a year which just takes a toll on your body um so I think we'll take a little break and then transfer that's later awesome this year. hold on fun. so yeah and you know fingers crossed that it goes I'm so excited way. for you guys uh thank you for sharing the, the happy news mm-hmm. with with your situation since there wasn't necessarily like a I don't even know what you call it that I know people who do IVF because they don't have the yeah because yeah infertility so did you have to do the shots and the whole thing or is that like is, okay wow everything it's the Dang. same process yeah so that was another really interesting um I don't know just a uh, layer of emotional processing for me is like once we found out Charlie's diagnosis and realizing like oh my gosh we can't just get pregnant naturally and knowing that like what a blessing it is because there are so many women who struggle with their couples who struggle with infertility um yeah I, I think we were a little bit naive going into IVF thinking oh like my gosh, so round one we're like round one it's gonna work we're gonna be good well, and then, our thought was like we've never had trouble getting pregnant like this yeah. should be you know slam dunk like we'll just get in, get out. We'll be good to go. <laughs> we'll be good to go. Oh man, nothing has been further from the truth. <laughs> <laughs> that threw us for a loop for sure. Sean and I talk all the time. Like you know, before we had Drew, before we had Jet, mm-hmm. talking through but a potential third. It's such a mm-hmm. daunting thing. Especially like when we had Drew and we had some complexities there. She was like a two vessel baby, and then like had. Uh, some potential she, like yeah. she had kidney issues in utero utero she had growth issues in utero she, she just yeah she was one of those that had like a, a lot of red flags yeah. so we didn't do genetic testing and it was one of those where we yeah. we didn't know what you know delivery day was going to bring Close, yeah and the realization Gosh. that you're not in control yeah. even with your experience with ivf like right. it's it's such a humbling right. experience mm-hmm. And it's, it's terrifying on the one hand, but it's like, I think it's almost that uncertainty that leads to this, uh, you know, the, the fullness of it and what Mm -hmm. it is where it's like this hold on loosely concept with parenting. And even now Drew's two and a half and she's like, you know, functional ish where it's like, still you want to, you want to hold on tightly through the whole thing, through pregnancy, through like our our experience parenting so far, we're like, ah, I just want to control it. But you like, that's not what it's about. It's almost like this process of learning that it's not about that. But anyway, that's my, that's my thought for the day. No, it's so true. So true. No, it's so, Um, so true. I mean, it just forces you to walk in faith, not sight. Right. Because exactly to your point, it's like, you just realize how little you do actually have control over. And it's just like, all right, like Jesus, take the wheel. I mean, I got to give it to you because I mm-hmm. literally have no choice. Like that, that's, that's where we're at. <laughs> um, last yeah. time we talked to you guys, uh, you had talked about Ava, how she had had a setback. Um, I, I was just curious how she's doing. Oh, thanks for asking. She's doing better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ava's setback was was hard. She um, so originally Ava seemed like developmentally she was going to be the less impacted of our two girls from the disease. 
Um, and then she started having seizures, which just later, Charlie had seizures really early on. Ava didn't start having them till around like seven or eight months. Um, and then she had an asymptomatic UTI and urinary tract infection, showed no symptoms until it was like severe. And she just had a really, really horrible reaction to that. And it kind of changed everything. It changed her baseline. Um, it just really set her back. And, and, and it was like a reset to like, basically yeah. to, oh, not even like a newborn. It was like, like, a, it almost just suddenly like a, seemed like everything was different, yeah. just way more severe. Um, but it's been really encouraging to see her. I mean, her health still is, I would say, more precarious than, than Charlie's. You know, it's, it's not as stable. Um, but she has progressed. Her health has improved. And I will say it makes those moments when she's doing really well that much sweeter. I mean, it really does. Because anytime Ava's laughing or engaging or she's, you know, in a place where she's making good eye contact, she's, um, you know, giggling, sociable. Laughing. Yeah. Um, we're just like over the moon about it, you know, because it doesn't happen quite as frequently as it, as it had. But she's in a good, she's in a good place right now. And it's like, anytime we're in that space, we're just like, thank you and make it last, you know, just Chase, can I ask? Cause you work like a, a big boy job, like a legitimate, he's like a professional <laughs> yeah. big timer. Oh yeah. There's, I mean, any given day there could be, one of a million things happening that was unpredictable, unforeseen, and you're showing up to work every day. How, how do you approach that? Like, how, how do you deal with that? I mean, I work from home, so that's, that's a nice, and they're pretty flexible about stuff, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think I've always made it clear, um, with the companies I've worked at that when there are things that come up with their medical complexities, that like I make myself available for that, that my family comes first, you know? So there's been times when Charlie's G2 popped out and I was like, Hey, I, I gotta go. <laughs> um, and, um, and yeah, so I think I, I've just made it a priority that, you know, whatever is going on with work can wait, um, you know, with some of those things. And, and, but then at the same time, it's like, well then later at night, you know, I might need to make up some things I need to do or, or get some things to people. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm lucky to have that flexibility right now. I think with the situation that COVID's created with kind of flexible work, it's a lot easier now than it was previously, but, um, yeah. Okay. Mamas, ladies, after having three babies, I never thought I would wear an underwire bra again until I found skims. So right before I had bear skims sent me a couple of maternity bras and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to wear maternity bras. They're so uncomfortable. They're not for me. I tried them on. They are the most supportive, most amazing, only maternity bra I have worn this entire pregnancy. On top of that, the material is so soft and the straps are adjustable for maximum comfort. And it fits every woman out there. They have a million sizes to choose from. My favorite Skims bra ever is the, quote, fits everybody t-shirt bra. And it's literally the best t-shirt bra I have ever ever worn. It's seamless, flawless, perfect. You're going to love it. If you're a fan of no underwire, the products I would highly recommend are the wireless form t-shirt bra 
and the no-show Unline Demi Bra. I like the color sand because you can't see it through white t-shirts, which is the color I usually go with, but they have a color for everybody. Whether you're pregnant, postpartum, nursing, or none of the above, and you just want a good bra, go to Skims. They've got one for everyone. Shop Skims bras at skims.com. Now available in 62 sizes, 30A all the way to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select couple things in the drop-down menu that follows. Skims.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Chase does a really good job of balancing all of that. I have to give him props for that. (laughs) (laughs) I do have to say, we talked about this after our first interview that we keep alluding to. Um, Your guys' outlook and how you guys present yourself, and it it seems genuine. I'm not accusing you of not being genuine. I just mean it seems real. (laughs) You guys just seem like such a good team. And... I feel like there are so many people in the world that paint a picture, a doomsday picture when presented with something that they didn't see coming. And you guys, I feel like make everything seem um, manageable. I don't know how to say that. It's like, it's almost like a bring it on mentality. And I I love it. It, It's inspired. I don't want to say inspiring. It's just, it puts things into perspective that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate that. I mean, and we, Chase and I, we always want to make it really clear. Like, you know, it's not all like sunshine and roses over here where, you know, I, I never want to like, we try to keep it real um, and be really transparent about all sides of, of life because, because we never want to make it seem like everything's great all the time and, and nothing's ever hard by any means. Um, but we do, you know, to your point about like the perspective can sometimes be doomsday when things go really differently than you hoped. Um, that, I think that's what we hope that, that our story and what we've had to go through can like the way that it can add value is for people to know that it doesn't have to be that, you know, that things can go really differently than you had planned and still be just as beautiful, just as full just as amazing as what you had hoped, you know, as your previous hopes. Different, yes, but not any less than what you had hoped, even with these huge changes like medically complex kids. Um, And you're going to feel the gamut of emotions like in any given day, you know, like it might start off really great. And then, you know, um, maybe this is too personal, but uh, Ava's been struggling with like, constipation and just kind of GI stuff. And so the other day we had to give her like a enema and stuff and, and um, give her a whole bunch of Miralax, like, like just, <laughs> just to like get all, get, get everything out. moving. Get and uh, and it's gross, you know, like it's like, so, I mean, there, there's just things that like, 
you know, when you have like a, a six-year-old blowout versus like a little, yeah. a little, you know, a little baby blowout, it's, wow. it's a little different, you know? Yeah. So, now we're getting real. but, but yeah, I mean, I, I, th- those things happen and I think that that that's okay. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's just a different, a different experience, but, uh, but it's, but you know, there's, there's great moments, there's hard moments. It's just a different kind of hard, but then also different moments of, of joy and, and kind of, seeing those moments where you're, you know, where Ava's smiling and we're really excited about that. Um, and not necessarily thinking like, Oh, you know, she has missed, you know, a lot of milestones or she's trying to catch up. It's like, she's kind of on her own journey. And so I think that we, we, and again, I don't feel like we always have, um, the, uh, how do I say this? So, um, we have to remind ourselves of, of these things as well. You know, like, I don't think that, in any given day, when we go through those gamut of emotions, we're like, okay, at the end of the day, like that was fantastic. Like at the end of the day, we're like, yeah. that day kind of sucked, you know, or like, or like that was a really hard day. Um, but you know, we gave it our best, and we just hope that tomorrow, you know, is a better day, maybe. We've had to really embrace, like, I call it like and emotions, you know, like that it's not one or the other. You know, usually, like the way we feel about things isn't just one or the other. So, and we've we've learned a lot about that in, in our, in our experience, um, and learning to be okay with, you know, feeling multiple things about, about any given scenario at the same time, you know, like, and that it's okay, that it's okay for me to say, um, you know, I feel like the most blessed mom in the world to have these two perfect little girls as my children. And I also have, you know, sporadic moments where aspects of their diagnosis will make me feel a little sad or will feel really hard. And I'll, I'll have to like give myself, you know, hold space for myself to mourn the loss of the life I thought we were going to have with them and to just, and to hold space for myself to do that and give myself grace and, and know that like, it's okay to have those moments where I feel sad about that. Um, my role for myself is I just never let myself stay there, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, and emotions. Like, I think we need to normalize that you can feel multiple things about something simultaneously and it's okay. Is the story uh, of you linking up with another family who has the same diagnosis because of social media, that's that's real, that's true? You stay in contact with them? That is real, that's true. Yeah. Wow. Social media, an- yeah, man, I mean... And we met up with them as well. We like we took we pictures to and we hung out with them. And... Yeah, like meet them, meet their, they, so they have a, um, I hope it's okay that I'm sharing this. I think she'll be okay with it. But they have, <laughs> they have a child with the same type of CDG as our kids. Their son, it's their son. His name is Charlie. Wow. So Funny. it's just so crazy. And That's we crazy. found each other, yeah, through social media. Um, we had been back, they live back east, and we were back there for a medical visit. And so we got to go to lunch with them. Wow. Or Charlie's got to meet. Yeah. I mean, it's been Do you know amazing. how many how many people carry the recessive trait? Do you know? Is there a stat on that? Oh my gosh. No, because that's yeah. what's so weird about it is that you you wouldn't really you wouldn't really mm-hmm. know. Mm. Like our geneticist has said, any person that you see walking around on average probably has between like five and eight genetic mutations like just really random, crazy ones that, you know, kind of like ours. And the only reason we ended up knowing about ours, obviously, is because we happened to marry each other and we happen to have the same mutation. 
Mm. Um, but had we not, we wouldn't know that we have that, you know? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't know to test for it. Yeah. I yes. Mean, because most of those mutations, unless you procreate with someone who has the same one, which is the odds of that are so unlikely, although here we are. Um, <laughs> one in the million. One in the billion. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're, you know, they're benign. Like it doesn't really, uh, it's kind of irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Man. The whole world of yeah. genetics is yeah. crazy. <laughs> I am. I'm such a fan of you guys, honestly. Like Sean was saying, your perspective is mm-hmm. amazing, and uh, I appreciate it so much. I I look back on the words that you describe Chase with, which is like peace. You still mm-hmm. feel that. I, I don't think that's probably changed through everything that you guys have been through, oh. and it's cool to, to think that you describe Charlie as like sunny. Mm-hmm. That's just like, man, you guys embody that. Yes, it's complex, but looking towards the better side of like mm-hmm. Charlie Sunny and I find peace with Chase. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm sure it's wild over there. And Ava's sometimes. particular. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just cool. And I have a goal to get Chase on American Ninja Warrior. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Do you have a video of yours? I'd love to see yours. I'll I'll, I'll text that. it to you, bro. I'll, I'll okay, text okay. it to you. I can't I can't support that goal. We love yeah. that. Yeah. But thank you so much for the time. Um Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to delete we this are. so that we can get, an- <laughs> yeah, get another absolutely. hour with you guys. Yeah. yeah. Come out to Nashville and hang with y'all. Yes, <laughs> please. We would love that. We would love that. Away anyway. But no, yeah. we're huge fans of yours too. And we just admire all that you guys do. It blows our minds. Chase and I have talked about that. We're like, when did it step it up, man? What? I mean, they're, they're doing it all. Uh, it's incredible. Well, yeah. for those listening who uh, want to find out more about Shannon, Chase, not so much on social media, but Shannon particularly. Uh, we'll, we'll link her stuff down below. Uh, highly recommend giving it a giving it a look. She uh, does an amazing job. So thank you guys for the time, and it's good to see your faces. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah.